Thank you for coming uh, this morning. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me, please, to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And then we're going finally over to the first book of the Bible and to Genesis. So first of all, Hebrews chapter 11. And commencing to read, please, down at verse 5. It says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God or because God had translated him for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. Over to the book of Genesis please and to Genesis and chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5 please. And down to verse 21. Genesis chapter 5 and verse 21. And Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and was not. For God took him. And we know that the Lord will add his blessing uh, to the reading of his word to our hearts this morning. I want to bring your attention for a moment or two as we listen to the word of God to this man, Enoch. This man this morning that not only lived a life, but he left a legacy. And you know, dear friends, this morning, that's a question worthy of all of our consideration. To ask ourselves individually, what life am I living and what legacy will I leave? You know, dear friends, this morning, while Enoch was indeed a preacher of the gospel, and while Enoch was one of the two men that never seen death, he's remembered as the man that walked with God. I wonder what you and I will be remembered for. I wonder whether you and I will be remembered for the property that we own or for the business that we've run or the world that we've enjoyed or the achievements that we've made. But for Enoch, he's remembered by the walk that he had. And I want to ask you a question this morning that has been on my heart for some weeks. What sort of a testimony do you and I have? Are we known as people that walk with God? You know, there's only six verses in your Bible that are given to this man, Enoch. Only six verses, and yet 5,000 years later, he still shines out in history and in eternity as the man who walked with God. If I was to ask the question this morning, where is God? I'm sure there's some people here and you would rightly say he's in heaven and so he is. Maybe there's someone you would say he's on the throne and thank God he is. Maybe there's someone you would say like the Apostle Paul, in him we live and move and have our being and so we do. Maybe there's someone here would say like the Lord did in Matthew 18 where the twos or threes are gathered together. There am I. In the midst. 
But if we were to ask that question to Enoch, you know what Enoch would say? Not only is God in heaven, not only is God on the throne, and not only is God in the gatherings of his people, but God is with me. Friends, that's an awesome way to live. You see, Enoch lived in the conscious reality of the presence of God. So often we come together in meetings and we sense the presence of God. And that's it. Well, I want to say this morning that it's possible to sense and be conscious of God in your daily life. Enoch was a man who was God conscious. God conscious. Friends, that's one of the great missing notes among us as the people of God this morning. There's not many of us are God conscious. There's not many of us live in the vital reality of the awareness of the presence of God. Yes, we do feel him in a meeting. Yes, we do feel him in the mission. Yes, we do feel him in the prayer meeting. But I wonder, do we feel the conscious awareness of God in our job while we're in the car, while we are at home? It was said of Robert Murray McShane that he carried with him the fragrance of another world. Andrew Bonner wrote of him and said he had about him the touch of heaven. Where Robert Murray McShane went, God was. What an awesome Testimony that is. Reese Howes, and if you haven't read the story of Reese Howes, get the book and read it. A young man that was brought up in Wales. And there was a man that came to his village one day looking for this young man. And he went into the shop and he says, Do you know where Reese Howes lives? And the shop owner says, I don't know any young man of that name in this town. But if you mean the young man that lives with God, he lives just down the road. Here was a man and here were men that lived in the conscious reality of God, consciously aware of the eternal presence of the Almighty. You know, dear friends, so often we quote it and so often we sing it. Hebrews 13 and 5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And thank God that is true. But not only is it enough to say it scripturally, and not only is it enough to know it theologically and doctrinally, I wonder, do we know that experientially this morning? I wonder, did you and I feel something of the conscious presence of God in our home before we came to this meeting this morning? I wonder, were we aware that God was with us during the week? I wonder, were we aware that the presence of the Almighty, the aroma of heaven, was with us? You know, dear friends, this morning, I would say that's one of the most serious and most vital things in the life of any man or woman. You know, the Lord laid it in my heart deeply during the week that it's not the sinners and their wickedness that is the problem. You know, friends, we could preach about homosexuality and so we should. We should, we can preach about abortion and so we should. And we can point the finger at the world. But let me say this this morning. 
It's not sinners and their wickedness that God is the problem with. It's saints and their walk. And I want to ask you a question this morning that has burned into my heart. Are you walking with God? Are you walking with God? If I was to get down this off this trailer this morning, and if I was to go to every car in this car park and get into the car beside you and say to you, are you walking with God? What would you say? Maybe you would say, I know about him. Maybe you say, well, I pray to him or I read about him. But could you or I say, I know I'm walking with God to be in touch with the creator that we heard about last Sunday morning, to be in touch with the one who sustains all things, who upholds all things, who knows all things, to walk with God. That's a mighty, that's a mighty truth to learn. You know, whenever you read the scriptures, you'll find that the word of God has a lot to say about worshiping God. You remember in John 4, whenever the Lord met the woman at the well, he said that the Father seeketh such to worship Him. A mighty thing to worship God. The Word of God not only tells us about worshiping Him, but waiting on Him. David said, wait, I say, on the Lord. But the Word of God also tells us to walk with God. In fact, there's 24 references in your New Testament to the child of God and their walk. There's more said about the walk of this child of God in the New Testament than any other area of our life. We're to walk humbly. We're to walk in love and truth and circumspectly. We're to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we're called. We're to walk in wisdom and to walk in light. And all of those 24 references are summed up in those lovely words in Genesis. Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. I wonder if I was to put your name in there this morning. Could I write that over your name? I wonder if I was to call your name out this morning. Could I say you walk with God? Could I put my name in there? To be a man or woman that walks with God. You know, friends, that's the very reason that God saved us. That's the very reason this morning, if you're a child of God in this car park, that's the very reason that God saved you. Not to get you out of hell fire, but to bring you into his family, to make you a child of God, an heir and joint heir with Christ, that you could walk with him like Adam in the cool of the day. Christ came to restore what Adam lost in the garden. To walk with him, to have fellowship with him, to commune with him. I know of nothing greater than I can go into my little room at home. And while if I was to go to Buckingham Palace, they would chase me from the door. If I was to go to Stormont, and if you ever wanted to go there, they would chase you from the door. But to think that you and I can come in the early hours of the morning or any time of the day while we work and spend time with God, to walk with Him, to commune with Him. 
You know, friends, not only should that be our desire, but I'll say this morning, that's God's desire. Whenever the prophet Micah wrote in Micah 6 and verse 8, he said, what doth God require of thee? This is a requirement. That word require there is to seek after, to long for. And I want to say to every child of God in this gathering this morning, God longs to walk with you. God longs to have fellowship with you. Think of that. The one who inhabits eternity. The one whose name is holy would ever condescend to men of such low estate as you and I. And yet he would desire, he would require, he would long to walk with you and I. The question comes, are we? Are we? But then he went on in Micah 6 and 80 and he says, But God requireth thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. What an awesome invitation from the Almighty this morning. What an awesome reality as you sit in your car or listen on the internet as a child of God that the Almighty would long to walk with us. What a privilege. What a, what, what a blessing. And yet, the reality of it seems to be so far from the truth. So far from the truth. You know, lockdown has come and gone. We were put out of our jobs. We were put out of our church. We were put out of our routine. We were put out of our formality and all the concoctions of man-made things. And we had time over five months to get alone with God. Oh, I want to ask you this morning. I wonder, did we use our time well? You know, dear friends, this morning, there was never any other generation in the church age that had an opportunity like you and I to get to know God. There was never another generation in the age of the church had lockdown. There was never another age in the generation of the church that had time to seek the face of God like you and like I. And my, as the Lord laid it heavily on our heart during the week, we ought to be the most spiritual generation of Christians the world has ever seen. And yet it seems to be that we're not. Now I want to say this morning that there's nothing can substitute for intimacy with God. Service won't do it. Activity won't do it. Going even out as we do in the open air daily won't do it. Knowing your theology, knowing and knowing the word of God from Genesis to Revelation is good and what we need. But friend, it doesn't substitute for intimacy with God. It doesn't substitute for spending time with the one who sent his son to die for you and for me. And my, I feel the heart this morning of God would be his desire toward us is I want to walk with you. I want to walk with you. Every mother and father, son and daughter in this car park this morning that's saved by the grace of God. Let me say it again. He wants to walk with you. And while you and I are statistics to the world, if we died, our names wouldn't even be read by Boris Johnson. We're just a statistic. 
And yet the God of heaven that knows our downsittings and uprisings and understands our thoughts afar off, he longs to walk with us. Not lovely? Enoch walked with God. Enoch was a man that knew something of the presence of God in his daily life. You know, whenever Moses was leading the children of Israel through the wilderness, you'll remember how they came to that crisis moment in Exodus 33. And the Lord said, I will send an angel over and he will drive out the enemy from before you. I'll give you victory. I'll give you blessing. But I will not go with you. Moses went away up onto the mount. And this is the cry of the man of God. He said, if thy presence go not with us, carry us not up thence. If your presence is not among us, I don't want to go any further. Friends, is that not the reality of the hour? Is that not the need among you and I as the people of God? We have lost the conscious sense of God. We have lost the presence of the Almighty. We have lost the awareness that God is among us. I want to ask this morning, when was the last time we ever came into a meeting under the fear of God? When was the last time that we were afraid to move because God was among us? Friends, that's what we need again. I say this morning, we'll have no bother getting people saved whenever we feel the presence of God among us. You know, Enoch didn't always walk with God. For 65 years of his life, he walked after the course of this world. He walked for self and for sin and for pleasure. And whenever he was 65 years of age, a little baby boy was born into his family by the name of Methuselah. And I want you to see Enoch as he, he holds this little baby boy in his hand. This little boy that is the apple of his eye and the pride of a father's heart. And it seems to be that God must have come down into that room that day. And he said to Enoch, he said, Enoch, whenever this child dies, judgment shall come. That's what Methuselah means. When he shall die, it will come. And Enoch must have learned something of the judgment of God. Enoch must have learned something of the accountability to God. He knew that God was coming in judgment. And you know, Enoch put his life right before the Lord. And he started in the first step of the journey to walk with God. The day that his son was born, he was born again. What a mighty and lovely truth that is. You know, Enoch, his name means to be dedicated. His name means to be committed. Here was a man, and you can see the passion that he had. He had one goal in life. He had one desire on his soul, and that was to walk with God. He could have said, to Paul, this one thing I do. You know, here was a man that was determined at the age of 65 to start to walk 
with God. Maybe there's someone here this morning and you're 55, 45, 35, 25. And as yet you haven't started to walk with God. Friends, it would be lovely if today was the day that you took that first step. Here was a man that had a passion. He was dedicated and committed to walk with God. But not only do you see his passion, you can see his progress. Because it says twice Enoch walked with God. Here was a man that was going on with the Lord. What a challenge that ought to be to every one of us here this morning. Are we going on with God? Here was a man that walked constantly, continually, and consistently with the Lord for 300 years, 365 days every year. No starts, no stops, but consistently every day he went on and he went through with God. My, doesn't that convict us this morning? My, doesn't that convict us with all of the books that we have and with all of the teaching that we've had? So often we're prone to wonder, God, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Well, here was a man that never wondered. Here was a man that never left the God that he loved. You know, the writer to the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1, he said four words, let us go on. I wonder, is there a father here this morning? And you used to walk with God. You used to know what it was to rise in the morning, to read the word of God. You knew what it was to sense the presence of God with you, but it's gone. Well, here's a word from God to your heart. Let us go on, go on, go on, go on. Maybe there's a young man, maybe there's a mother, and with the burdens and stresses of life, you're not walking the way you used to. Friend, I'm not here to disturb you or annoy you or to condemn you. But I want to say God wants to walk with you again. I love that passage in Jeremiah chapter 18. Whenever the Jeremiah went down to the potter's house and he saw the potter and he was making clay on the wheels and it says, and he saw that the clay was marred. There was a problem. There was a defect, but it goes on to say, and he made it again. Thank God that he doesn't scrap us. Thank God he doesn't throw us on the scrap heap of life. A bruised reed, he'll not break it. And a smoking flex, he will not quench it. I wonder, would that be the cry of our heart this morning? Lord, will you make me again? Make me where I used to be. Lord, I want to walk again. I want to enjoy the presence of God again. I want to have the quiet time again. I want to know what it is to have communion with the Almighty. Lord, will you make me again? And here was a man that walked with God. I wonder, is there any Enoch's here this morning? You know, the Word of God tells us that he walked twice. Enoch walked with God. You know, he didn't have a Bible to read. He didn't have a church to attend. Nor did he have the Holy Spirit to indwell. 
And yet here was a man that went on. You know, the prophet Amos said in Amos chapter 3 and verse 3, Can two walk together except they be agreed? Can two walk together except they be agreed? Friend, let me apply this to my life this morning. And you can apply it to your own. The reason why at times God and I have not been walking together is because God has been at a disagreement with me. He's had a disagreement many times with me. And so communion and fellowship is broken. And I want to ask you a question this morning from this feeble preacher on this trailer this morning. Has God got a disagreement with you? Has God got a disagreement with me? You know, whenever you read the book of Revelation, you'll find there that five out of the seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3, five out of the seven churches, God had a disagreement with them. God had a controversy with them. What an awesome question that is to ask ourselves this morning along the road of life. God, what is it in my life that you don't agree with? What is it, Lord, in my life that you have a difficulty with, a controversy with? What is it, Lord, that you can't put your approval on? You know, maybe it's some sin, I don't know. Maybe it's some secret thing that, that, that always seems to come time and time again. And it spoils and mars your fellowship with God. Maybe it's some area in your life. For the church at Ephesus in Revelation 2, the Lord said, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against it. My, they had doctrine. They had activity. They, they had a good stand in truth. But the Lord said, Nevertheless, I have something against you that you've left your first love. Oh, I want to ask this morning, have we left our first love? Thank God we can't lose him. But friends, we can leave him. We can leave him for the pleasures of this world. That word to leave there is like a ship in a harbor. And the mooring has been loosed and the ship drifts away. Oh, is there someone here? You're drifting. You're drifting. You used to go on, but now you're drifting. You used to be close, but now you're drifting. You used to be in touch, but now you're drifting. You know, for the church of Pergamos, it wasn't their love that God had a controversy with. It was what they allowed. What they allowed. I wonder what you and I allow in our lives that breaks that sweet communion with God. Something that we say, somewhere where we go, something that we watch, something that we read, and my after we have done it, we know that God doesn't agree with it. Can two walk together except they be agreed? The church of Sardis, the Lord had this controversy with them. It wasn't their love and it wasn't what they allowed. It was their life. He said, thou hast a name that thou art alive, but you're dead. He says, in other words, people think that you're going on well. My, they can see you doing all of the service. 
and all of the activity. But he says, I know that you're dead. Thou hast the name that thou art alive, but thou art dead. And quickly, the church of Laodicea, you'll remember the controversy the Lord had with them. He said, you're neither hot nor cold, but you're lukewarm. Friend, doesn't that not convict every one of us this morning, especially this man on the trailer before you, that God can disagree with the love that we have for him, the things that we allow, the life that we live, the lukewarmness that we have? Because of it, our fellowship and communion is severed. Because of it, our walk with God that's so vital is only a distant memory. Maybe it's some sin. Maybe it's some area of our lives. Maybe it's some act of disobedience. You remember Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 15. You remember how the Lord told Saul to go and deal with the, the king of Amalekite. And he was to take King Agag and to kill him. To kill all the animals, all the beasts of the field. And whenever Samuel came, King Agag was still alive. And he kept the best of the cattle. He only destroyed that which he didn't want. And Samuel came to Saul and he said, What meaneth by the bleating of the sheep? Partial obedience. And if you ever get a chance, listen to Sir Stephen Alford on YouTube on the sin of partial obedience. And Samuel went on to say that disobedience is as the sin of witchcraft. Friend, how can you and I walk with God if we're living in disobedience? How can we live a life pleasing to God if we need to do something doctrinally, be baptized, remember the Lord, come into a fellowship? How can we walk with God if we're in disobedience? How can we do it? We can cover it with activity. We can cover it even with our dress. But God said, can two walk together except they be agreed? You remember what the poet said? When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his will, he abides with us still, with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way. To be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay for the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are with them who will trust and obey. Oh, I want to ask a question again, not only to your heart, but to my heart. Is God in agreement with us? Oh, for a closer walk with God, a calm and heavenly frame, a light to shine upon the road that leads me to the Lamb. What peaceful hours I once enjoyed. Do you remember them? My, you remember them. Maybe breaks your heart. What peaceful hours I once enjoyed. How sweet their memory still, but they have left an aching void. The world can never fill. Return, O holy dove, return. Sweet messenger of rest, 
I hate the sin that made thee mourn and drove thee from my breast. Friend, what is it this morning? What is it? What is it in my life and your life that God does not agree with? Stories told of Duncan Campbell in the time of the Lewis revival. He was walking down the street and a man in the house along the road looked out through the window and he said he just seen the very back of Duncan Campbell walking down the road, just his back. And he said, I saw in the back of that man everything that I wanted to be. There was a man who carried the presence of God. There I saw a man that was walking with the Almighty. What an epitaph. What a truth to be written over the life of any man. Helen Yoon was a young woman that was born in 1910. She was saved as a young girl. She only lived for 22 years. And some of the most mighty evangelists in England in that era longed to have Helen Ewan just sit in her meeting. One evangelist said, whenever Helen came, God came, and souls were saved. One professor in the university where she was studying said we were having a prayer meeting one evening. We didn't know when Helen came in. She didn't pray. She didn't make a noise. But all we knew was when Helen opened the door, God came into the room. Friends, does that not convict us this morning with all of her bickering, with all of her fighting, with all of her schisms, with all of her activity, Duncan Campbell could say, and I will say this morning, everything seems to be real to us, but God, everything seems to be real, but God, I haven't got time this morning to go on, but I want you to think very quickly of the times that Enoch lived. You know, you may say this morning, it's all right for Enoch, it's all right for him, what about me in this day? What about me in 2020? How am I meant to walk with God? Well, there's some things that mark the days of Enoch that mark our day. They were days of moral depravity. There was murder. There was the misuse of marriage. Everyone done that which was right in their own eyes. God was pushed out of society. God was forgotten about. And yet in the midst of it all, God had a man Oh, that God would give us men like that again. And as I was on my face before the Lord during the week, that was the cry of my heart. God, do for me what you did for Enoch. Make me such a man that walks with God. Make me a man in a moral society that still is in touch with heaven. But not only was there moral depravity, there was a day of scientific discovery. My, you read about it in Genesis 4. There was inventions and entertainment. There was the introduction of cities. There was the increase of knowledge. Is that not the day in which we live? My man is smarter now than they've ever been. And yet there's so few of us that are walking like Enoch. Not only a day of moral depravity and scientific discovery, 
It was a day of spiritual apostasy. Men and women had turned from God and now followed the way of Cain. They had made man-made religion. In fact, Genesis 6 tells us that they were involved in the occult. You read it for yourself. So involved was the occult that says that God repented him, that he made man. My, their thoughts of man's heart was only evil continually. What a day. Friends, the day that Enoch lived in is ten times worse than the day that you and I live in. And yet he walked with God for 300 years. Not only is it the time in which Enoch lived, quickly, there's a testimony that Enoch had. What a testimony. We read about it over in Hebrews chapter 11. It says that Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. He pleased him. Oh, friend, this morning, how many of us please him? How many of us have the God's approval upon us? You know, I, I would love to take you through it this morning. But I could take you through some men and women in the, te- in the word of God and the testimony that they had. You think of Job, for instance. Job who lost his children. Job who lost his farm. Job who lost his health. Job, whose friends turned against him, but Job had this testimony that he trusted God. He said, Lo, he slay me, yet will I trust him. What a day in COVID-19 and confusion and disaster and disorder. My, to have a testimony that we please God because we trust him. What about Abraham? Abraham, it says in Romans 4, believe God. I wonder, do you believe God this morning for your family? I wonder, do you believe God and that word that he's given you for the future? I wonder, do you believe him this morning? It says of Abraham that he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, that he was able also to perform. What a testimony. What about Daniel? Daniel had the testimony in Babylon. My, whenever the leaders of that that regime raised up against Daniel. It says that Daniel went in and opened the window and prayed as a foretime. You know what Daniel's testimony was? Daniel's testimony that was that he was a man that spent time with God. What about David? David had the testimony that he praised God. There's a wee woman, Anna, and look too, read about her when you go home. Over 80 years of age, and it just says this, Anna served God. What a testimony. What a testimony. What about you and I this morning? I want to come in close to you as a close. What sort of a testimony does God have of us? Could he come to us in this day of wickedness and sin and depravity and say like Enoch, that man, that woman in the car park in the Moy? has this testimony that they please me. They have this testimony like Job that they trust me. They have this testimony like Abraham that they believe me. They have this testimony like David that they praise me. And they have this testimony like Anna that they serve me. What a man. What a man. You can see Enoch in the times that he lived. Enoch and the testimony that he had. And as I finish, 
Enoch and the translation that he experienced. Enoch not only was converted to God, and not only was he close with God, I tell you he was caught up by God. I want you to see him now, 365 years of age. He gets up like any other day and he starts again to walk with God. And God took him. God took him home. And as was said of Murray McShane, he hadn't got far to go. You know, here was a man that was ready to go. Here was a man whenever he was 365 years old. And he was walking with God. And God was going to take him. He didn't have to say, Lord, hold on. I need to go and get something right with that brother. I need to go and pay that money back that it took. I need to go and get that little disagreement with my friends sorted out. No, here was a man that was ready to go. No, friends, this morning, God could come. And just like Enoch, he could snatch us away. We could be gone before the day is out. What a challenge it is. Would we be ready to go? The Apostle James said that there will be those that will be ashamed at his coming. Ashamed. You know, Enoch was misunderstood. And Enoch was mocked. But Enoch was missed. It says, and he was not found. Men looked for him. Men looked for him. But he was gone. And I want to say the final words this morning. Maybe there's someone here listening to me and you're not saved. Maybe you're in a car with your parents and they are saved. Maybe there's someone listening to me and your family members are saved and you're not saved. Well, friends, whenever the Lord Jesus comes again, comes for his saints and lifts us out of this old world, you'll miss them. You'll miss them. You'll miss the mother that wept. You'll miss the father that pleaded for your soul. And you'll look for them. And you'll find them. And was said of Enoch, he was not found. The Lord, Paul said in Romans 15 that he's coming in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. That's the speed of his coming. But then you get in 1 Thessalonians 4, the sound of his coming. He'll come with the voice of the archangel. And the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain. Shall be caught up together with the Lord. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Enoch had nothing to put right. Enoch was ready to go. Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. Enoch had this legacy that he walked with God. He was not. For God took him. I wonder, would that be the cry of your heart this morning? I wonder, would that be the longing of your soul? Lord, I want to walk with you. I'm tired of just knowing about you. I'm tired of just reading about you. I'm tired of just singing about you. But oh, like Paul could say that I may know him. In the power of his resurrection. In the fellowship of his suffering. Being made conformable unto his death. Lord, I want to walk with God. But friends, 
He wants to walk with you. He does. In those areas in our lives that we and he is at disagreement with, we need to put them right. We need to come this morning and lay our lives holy in the altar and say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, whatever needs to be put right, I'll do it. I want from today, I want to walk. I want to walk with God. Let us pray. Father, we just bow again in thy presence. Lord, as we think of this man over 5,000 years ago that walked with God, who didn't have the privileges that we have, didn't have the Bible that we have, didn't have the teaching that we have, and yet Enoch walked with God. And Father, the cry of my heart would be this morning that, Lord, out of this car park, and as a result, Lord, of speaking to some heart this morning, that you would lay hold of someone, some soul, and, Lord, that they would begin to walk with God. Lord, maybe there's someone here, and they used to walk. They used to go on. They used to enjoy the fellowship used to enjoy communion with thee. But Lord, no longer is it so. Father, we cry this morning that thou indeed would make them again. And Lord, that thou would restore the years the locusts have eaten. We think of this man Enoch that pleased thee. And we think of the other man that pleased thee. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And Father, as we think of the Lord Jesus and the walk that he, he had, the walk of obedience, the walk of, of trusting, the walk that he had before thee in all of his humanity, Lord, we cry this morning that we will walk even as he walked. We pray, Lord, that thou will part us with thy blessing. Lord, that we'll know something of the presence of God even the rest of the day and during the week. And as we gather round the table to remember thy son, we pray that our meditation of him will be sweet. We ask it in the Saviour's precious and worthy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.